Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, President Biden stakes his presidency on massive congressional bills filled with historic infrastructure projects and social spending. The question tonight, does he really have the votes? President Biden travels to Capitol Hill making the pitch to his own party. The hundreds of billions of dollars for climate change initiatives, universal pre-K and elder care. So why are some progressives in the party not satisfied? No one got everything they wanted, including me. Breaking news, the complaint filed today against former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Could he face charges for a sex crime? Vaccine protests, New York firefighters and city workers rally against the COVID mandate. What they're demanding in order to stay at work. Anger in the skies, a passenger punches a flight attendant twice in the face, breaking her nose. Tonight, what the CEO of American Airlines is promising to do. CBS News exclusive. Former acting attorney general Sally Yates' breast cancer battle. Her plea to women who put off mammograms during the pandemic. Facebook's new name? But can it divert attention from its recent troubles? Children poisoned. Decorating dust for birthday cakes contains lead and dangerous metals. Let's go! And up from the ashes, a football team rises after a devastating wildfire. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you so much for joining us. In the words of President Biden, his presidency will be determined by what happens in the next week. Before flying off to Europe today, the president unveiled new framework for his Build Back Better plan, 
We'll explain what made it into the proposal and what didn't in just a moment. But first, we wanted to put it in perspective just how much spending this on social programs and climate change initiatives. The price tag for this bill, $1.75 trillion, combined with the bipartisan infrastructure bill and the recovery bill passed in March is close to $5 trillion. That is a lot of money. But President Biden says if the bills are passed, it would be more significant than what Presidents FDR and LBJ accomplished combined. CBS's Nancy Cordes leads off our coverage tonight from Rome, the first stop on the president's trip. Good evening, Nancy. Good evening, Nora. This breakthrough comes about seven months after the president first unveiled his plan. And this newly released 1,700-page bill still doesn't contain everything that Democrats wanted. But tonight, the White House is still touting it as one of the biggest investments in education and child care ever. Just before jetting off to Europe, President Biden made one last dash to Capitol Hill. Part celebration... Art pep talk. He said he's confident he now has the votes to pass a $1.75 trillion plan that would drive down childcare costs for most low and middle income families and establish universal pre-K for more than 6 million three and four year olds. The bill would also boost the supply of affordable housing, increase college Pell grants and close a Medicaid gap to cover 4 million more people. It is probably the most consequential bill since the 1960s. This new deal comes after weeks of talks with two moderate Senate Democrats, who still stopped just short of embracing the bill today. I look forward to continuing working in good faith. To win their support, President Biden has dropped some progressive priorities, like guaranteed paid family leave and free community college. Medicare would be expanded to cover hearing aids, but not vision or dental care. Well, it's been a long and difficult negotiation. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, already in Rome, helped to broker the compromise. I can see a lot of Americans saying, wow, a lot of these provisions sound great. What I'm really worried about right now is inflation. Well, you know, some of the most important ways in which families see inflation is they feel they can't afford child care. And what they're going to see is a massive reduction in the amount that they have to spend for child care. Republicans slammed the plan today as more big spending. Anybody who votes for any of these bills without seeing the fine print uh, is like a rock, only dumber. Democrats insist this bill would be fully paid for in part with a new surtax on billionaires and multimillionaires. Now, a vote probably won't come for at least a week. So the president is going to need to keep his entire party together until then, which won't be quite as easy to do, Nora, from here in Rome. All right. Nancy Cordes in Rome for us. Thank you. Well, now let's get to that breaking news on former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Tonight, a misdemeanor complaint has been filed alleging a sex crime. Cuomo was forced to resign amid complaints of sexual harassment and unwanted touching from former staffers, allegations he has denied. We get more from CBS's Jerika Duncan. Months after resigning, former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo now faces a criminal complaint of forcibly touching a woman in the governor's executive mansion last year. According to the complaint filed by an Albany County Sheriff investigator, Cuomo did intentionally forcibly place his hand under the blouse shirt of the victim, specifically the victim's left breast for the purpose of degrading and gratifying his sexual desires. 
I sat down with one of the alleged victims, Brittany Camisso, Cuomo's former executive assistant, for an exclusive interview last August. He put his hand up my blouse and cupped my breast over my bra. While the complaint does not name the alleged victim, the description of the incident closely mirrors Camisso's claims. It was in a probably the most sexually aggressive manner than any of the other hugs that he had given me. An investigation by the New York Attorney General's office accused Cuomo of groping, kissing, and making sexually suggestive comments to 11 women. The former governor has vehemently denied crossing the line. Let me be clear, that never happened. CBS News legal analyst Ricky Kleeman. It appears that they believe, the government believes, that there is corroborative evidence. However, the only two people in that room are the alleged victim and the defendant. We reached out to Camisso and her attorney and have not heard back, but ultimately the Albany County District Attorney's Office will decide whether or not to bring charges based off of this complaint. And just this evening, I spoke to Cuomo's attorney who told me that, quote, uh, the former governor, she said, never assaulted anyone. And she also said that she believes that this filing was politically motivated. Nora. All right, Jerika Duncan with that new information tonight. Thank you. Tonight, New York City is bracing for a possible shortage of police officers and firefighters as a COVID vaccination mandate looms. Hundreds of first responders took their complaints about the mandate to the mayor's mansion today. We have more now from CBS's Mola Lenghi. This is about anti-mandate and anti-mandate only. The divide over New York City's vaccine mandate for city workers spilled into the streets of Manhattan today. Firefighters, EMTs, and sanitation workers, largely unmasked, rallied outside the mayor's official residence just one day before the deadline for municipal employees to get at least one COVID shot or be placed on unpaid leave. Our members should have a choice about their health. All but roughly 38,000 city workers are vaccinated, but about a quarter of the police force and a third of firefighters are not. You can't force a vaccine on somebody. It should be a choice. Six of the country's 10 largest cities have or are planning vaccine mandates for municipal workers. Of those, New York, Los Angeles, and San Diego do not have a testing alternative. New York City's largest police union sued this week to block the mayor's vaccine mandate, but a state judge rejected that request. The police are asking the city to adopt a weekly testing option in lieu of vaccination, even though compared to healthcare workers, first responders are at higher risk of contracting COVID. We're going to show up to work and fulfill our oath. If the mayor or the commissioner sends them home, what happens is on them. But they you're going to be ready to work well. that day. Absolutely. But today, the mayor doubled down. You want to protest? Go protest. People want these jobs. Anyone that doesn't want to do the job anymore, I know someone else will step up and fill it. Now, if unvaccinated first responders are sent home Monday, according to the Firefighters Union, up to 20 percent of firehouses could have to close. That, of course, would impact the city's ambulance fleet and in turn response times. But the mayor says he has a contingency plan in place, Nora. All right, we'll be watching that closely. Mololengi, thank you. Tonight, we've got a frightening story of rage in the air. A first-class passenger punched a flight attendant in the face twice, forcing the flight from New York to Southern California to make an emergency landing in Denver Wednesday night. CBS's Errol Barnett has more. 
American Airlines passengers voicing frustration as this man is detained by law enforcement. CBS News has learned while in the air, a flight attendant bumped the first-class passenger and quickly apologized. Later, the passenger went to the galley, punched the same crew member twice, breaking bones in her face, returning to his seat as if nothing happened. I understand that he actually punched her twice. She had blood splattered on the outside of her mask. The JFK to Santa Ana flight was diverted to Denver, where the suspect was taken into custody and has been permanently banned from the airline. Today, CEO Doug Parker said it's one of the worst acts of unruly behavior he's seen. This type of behavior has to stop, and the best deterrent is aggressive criminal prosecution. It is yet another example of this year's unprecedented level of conflict aboard aircraft. This week, the FAA reported almost 5,000 unruly incidents for 2021, but only 216 resulted in civil penalties. It could result in jail time. FAA Administrator Steve Dixon told CBS News last month his agency's efforts to reduce clashes led to more than $1 million in fines and counting. If you misbehave on an aircraft... Uh, It's going to be a painful process, and we're going to get in your wallet. Now, the FBI is investigating. It's unclear if alcohol played a role in this incident, but the FAA says it does factor into many of these unruly passenger complaints. And while Southwest and American have suspended alcohol sales until next year, United Airlines announced internally it will resume the sale of liquor in the main cabin, Nora, next month. So alarming. Our flight attendants do such a great job. Thank you, Errol Barnett. Well, tonight we're learning details of a huge settlement stemming from the 2015 church massacre in Charleston, South Carolina. Nine people were killed. The federal government will pay their families and others who survived $88 million because of mistakes made by the FBI. CBS's Jeff Begays is following this. I still relive and I still think about what happened. Jennifer Pinckney is one of the church shooting survivors. She heard the gunshots that killed her husband, Reverend Clementa Pickney, and eight others inside Emanuel AME Church. I live with it every day. Today, she and her daughters stood outside the Department of Justice and celebrated, while also reflecting on what has been lost. No amount of compensation will ever replace my father's life. The survivors will split $25 million, while $63 million will go to the families of those killed. The landmark agreement settled a series of lawsuits brought after the FBI acknowledged that its gun background check system failed to block the sale of the Glock 41 murder weapon to Dylan Roof. A glitch in the FBI database and human error allowed the killer to purchase the gun while the background check was still underway. How does this settlement prevent another Dylan Roof? From a legal standpoint, the settlement doesn't do anything to change or alter the existing landscape. What family members of the victims hope is that the settlement will serve as a deterrent. This is a nightmare that will never end. K.O. Singleton wrote a book that he called I Never Forgave the Killer. His mother, Myra, died in the shooting. I have a young daughter that has a fear of sitting in a church because she thinks somebody of a different color is going to come in there and open fire. In total, the survivors and family members of the victims will receive $88 million. There is symbolism in that number. Dylan Roof was known to wear the 88, which is considered white supremacist code. Nora. Just got the chills hearing you say that, Jeff Begays. Thank you. 
All right, every two minutes, a woman in the United States is diagnosed with breast cancer. And last year, one of those women was Sally Yates. Yates spent decades at the Justice Department and was unceremoniously fired by a newly inaugurated President Trump. Well, tonight, Yates is sharing the story of her breast cancer battle for the very first time. It was invasive papillary cancer. Sally Yates was suddenly grappling with a cancer diagnosis during a busy summer, testifying before Congress and speaking at the Democratic National Convention. This was one of those times where the personal and the professional collided. And so it was, I think, just about five days before I was to testify in the Senate Judiciary Committee about the Russia investigation that I got the final diagnosis, that it was invasive cancer. And that's some pretty important testimony that you were about to give. It was. I thought about trying to postpone, but it would have been a big thing Mm -hmm. if I had postponed it. And there also was this false narrative out there um, called Obamagate that President Obama and then Vice President Biden had directed the Russia investigation and directed us to investigate Mike Flynn. And they specifically pointed to a meeting in the Oval Office where people were alleging this had happened. Well, I had been in that meeting, and I knew that didn't happen. So I did also want to be able to get the truth out there. So here you are, just diagnosed with breast cancer, and you feel like you have to go and tell not only the Congress, but the world the truth. Right. Not ideal timing. How'd you manage it all? It was just a few days since I'd gotten the diagnosis, and I would find, as I'm trying to get ready for this testimony... I'd find myself Googling the survival rates for papillary cancer or different treatments. You know, you couldn't, I couldn't help but be very distracted um, by that. The type of breast cancer Yates had is rare, and she needed a double mastectomy. So I testified in the Senate Judiciary Committee a couple weeks later, um, spoke at the Democratic National Convention, and then the day after that went in for pre-op and had surgery the following day. Yates is now in private practice. And the National Women's Soccer League has just hired her to investigate allegations of sexual abuse. So your message to women? Get a mammogram. Get the other diagnostic tests that so many people have had to be putting off during the pandemic. The statistics about the pandemic and cancer screening are really alarming. Nearly 10,000 people over the next decade will die from breast cancer and colorectal cancer because of pandemic-related delays. It may very well be a looming health crisis that we haven't even really fully begun to comprehend yet. People can try to do something about it by getting in now. You may have missed those tests during the pandemic time, but it's not too late to go in for those tests now. Very important reminder. And Yates says she's cancer-free now, and she writes about her journey in an exclusive essay on cbsnews.com. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at byte.com. Bite Clear Liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Bite. 
The CDC is warning that several children have gotten sick from a product used to decorate birthday cakes. Cakes in two states were decorated with glittery dust containing lead and copper. The CDC urges consumers to check labels and make sure the glitter is marked edible. All right, tonight the company formerly known as Facebook is now called Meta. That's the new corporate name for the parent company overseeing Facebook, Instagram, and Messenger. The change comes amid all those allegations that Facebook has knowingly caused social harm on its platform. It's been a rough few months in Colfax, California. A fierce wildfire was followed by this week's bomb cyclone. But CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti reports some have found hope in an unlikely place. Ready, go! High school linebacker Peter Dunham runs into the action, not away. But there was no game plan for what he faced this summer. I look up and there's a black plume of smoke right over my house. We watched the house right across the street from mine go up in flames. California's river fire destroyed 142 structures, including damaging Dunham's home and displaced many of his neighbors and friends, like those on the Falcons' high school football team. The senior slept in the bed of his truck parked at a campground. Jones, are you good? All right, let's rock and roll. Falcons coach Tony Martello realized the green gridiron was a place for his team to escape and recover from the charred world around it. It allowed the kids to come back to a safe place and it created a sense of normalcy. It's definitely an escape because we all know that we've been affected by it, some more than others, but we're all fighting together. Football in the fire-ravaged West has become a form of therapy, not just for players, but entire communities. Ready to go! Today, it's the Falcons' turn Let's go. to rally around their home turf. Being here playing football, it felt great. It really felt like home when I didn't have a home. Jonathan Vigliotti, CBS News. Wishing them a good season. Tomorrow, the overwhelming response to our story about dads on duty. CBS's Steve Hartman on how it's catching on. And if you can't watch us live, go ahead and set your DVR so you can watch us later. And that's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. See you tomorrow. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. If you enjoy tuning in to the CBS Evening News, there are official t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more available for purchase at ParamountShop.com. These products are perfect for any fan of Evening News, and you can take 20% off with code EVENING20. That's 20% off all CBS Evening News products with code EVENING20 at ParamountShop.com.